You're listening to Formby Podcast. In this episode, we're with Mr. Williams, talking about the skies in Formby. At the moment, November 2022, you can see Jupiter as it plots its way across the sky. That's shortly followed afterwards by Mars. On clear nights, these are spectacles in the sky. My name's Tony Williams. I'm head of physics at Formby High School and I run the GCSE astronomy course. We've been running it successfully for, I think, about 12 years. Um, probably got uh, over 200 students through the GCSE in astronomy. They do it voluntarily at 8 a.m. on a Friday morning, just coming in once a week. What's the one that's really bright in the eastern sky early evening at the moment? At the moment, that's Jupiter. Um, Venus is normally the brightest in the night sky, but Venus is an inferior planet, which means it's on the inside of us. You know, it's closer to the sun. So it's always going to be, as we look, it's always going to be fairly close to the sun. So if you imagine looking down on the solar system, um, we at the sun and then just imaginary rings around the sun, Venus is always going to be, whether it's on the left of the sun or the right of the sun, we're always going to have to look towards the sun to see it. So Venus is always close to the sun, which means you'll see it in the west when the sun's just gone down, or you'll see it in the east when the sun's just about to come up. So on the early evening side of it, Venus is the bright star or the bright thing we see in the sky looking towards the west, looking towards the beach. Yeah. Yeah. So there's times when Venus is, is really close to the sun. So it's not not good to see it. There's times when Venus will dip below the horizon before the sun's gone down. But then there's other times when Venus is um, is as far away in terms of angle as it's ever going to be from the sun. But it's still quite close to the sun. So then you'll see it for a few hours just as the sun's gone down. But yeah, that's always um, towards the west. You see, there's there's a, a line, there's, it's called the ecliptic line. And it's the path that all the planets take across the night sky. So it takes it's the same path as the sun takes. So they'll all rise in the east and they'll set in the west and they'll, you know, they'll go over, they'll they'll go through the south. So they'll all be at their highest um, when we're looking south, but you need the, the sun to have gone down to see it. So it's all about timing, really. And so at the moment, when we when I stand in the garden at the moment and I look with my back to the, be to the beach, so I've got my back to the beach and I'm looking east, I can see Jupiter. Yes. Now, imagining... Looking down on, on the sun, and then if, if we close our eyes and we imagine a circle around the sun, and that would be the, um, the Earth's orbit, and then a, a larger circle around the sun, and that would be Jupiter's orbit. So there's times when they're both at three o'clock in that image. And if you imagine that, that's going to be the time when Jupiter's closest to the Earth, if they're both at three o'clock. Because there's times when Jupiter would be at three o'clock and the Earth would be at nine o'clock. So that they're, they're much further away from each other. 
Now, at the moment, they're both at like three o'clock on that model. So imagine looking towards the sun. You'd have to turn 180 degrees to look towards the three o'clock, the outer ring, which would be Jupiter. So as the sun goes down in the west, we turn 180 degrees and look to the east, and that's where we're seeing Jupiter at the moment. And, and how long will we be able to see Jupiter that close to the Earth? It, well, the Earth takes you know, a, a year to go around the sun, and Jupiter takes about 12 years to go around the sun. So if you imagine the Earth going around, and then we use the, the, the clock model there, so let's put them both at three o'clock. The Earth would take another year going round anti-clockwise, if you look down, until it's back at that three o'clock position. But by then, Jupiter's moved on a little bit further on, on its orbit. So let's put that at two o'clock. So the Earth would take another month to catch up. So about every 13 months, um, Jupiter and the Earth are as close as they're going to be. There is another factor. Um, which is that no no orbits are circular. So every natural orbit that you, that you have is, is elliptical. So there's times when planets are closest to the sun and there's times when they're furthest away from the sun. We call that perihelion, which translates from Greek to mean near sun, and then aphelion, which is far away from the sun. So because of the elliptical orbits, there's times when... Jupiter's at its closest in terms of the orbits. There's times when that can be closer and that can be further away. And at the moment, because Jupiter's particularly close to the sun and we're particularly far from the sun, it's the closest we've been at this, what we call opposition period. Well, I think for 59 years. And we won't, we won't be this close again until 2129. So it's, it's um, strikingly large in the night sky at the moment. And, and it does, you can see it, it looks like a massive white star just in the eastern sky. So with my back to the beach, it looks like a, a massive, almost like a headlight, like a helicopter light, doesn't it, in the sky? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's significantly bigger, uh, you know, than, than, than uh, uh, many other times. Um, and it's, uh, it'll be a, like a, a pearly white, you know, um, and... It doesn't take much magnification to see a lot more detail in Jupiter. Jupiter's famous for um, when Galileo, about 400 years ago, you know, Galileo pioneered the, the uh, telescope. And one of the first things he recorded was Jupiter and its four moons, which got called the Galilean moons. So a simple pair of binoculars and you'll be able to see the four moons or at least three of them that, that, that are called the Galilean moons going around, um, going around Jupiter. And, um, and you can watch them. You can, you can go out and watch them, and you can see how they move. So you, you could plot the, the orbits of the moons around Jupiter. Oh, wow. So with a pair of binoculars, I could actually go out and see the moons. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bright in the night sky. Um, the 26th of September was the, was the closest point. Um, but it's still it's still going to be really, really close. And it's not, you know, as the sun goes down, it's in the east, but then it will still take that path through the night sky. So it's it's you know, if you want to see a planet um, at its at its best, it's it's when it's at opposition to the sun, um, because essentially it's as close to us as it's going to get. Um, so it's, it's a really great time to see it. Yeah. 
if you if you take it further and you go to uh, even more magnification, you'll be able to see the the bands, you know, the stripes on Jupiter, which is the weather patterns, and and the the great uh, red spot, which is probably the size of a couple of Earths, and that's a, just a, a giant two hundred mile an hour swirling um, cyclone. How big is Jupiter? In in terms of its its diameter, it's um, one hundred forty thousand kilometers, whereas the Earth's about twelve thousand seven hundred kilometers. So, how many Earths would we get in Jupiter? Across across ways, um, diameter wise, it's about uh, eleven times bigger. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and it's. Um, I mean, we in terms of this, the amount of space it takes up in the night sky, how big it appears in the night sky, we'd refer to that in terms of the angle that you'd have to turn your telescope through to go from the left-hand side of Jupiter to the right-hand side of Jupiter. So that's measured in arc seconds, which is um, you know a 60th of, a, of an arc minute, which is a 60th of a degree. So Jupiter at its smallest is about 32 arc seconds. And at the moment, it, it's about 50 arc seconds. So, you know, it's not far off being twice as big as it is at other times. So it's a pretty special time. And quite an unusual time because we were looking at some of them have sort of a red tinge to them. Is that is that a different type of planet? Oh, well, Mars is clearly red. Uh, can we uh, see Mars at the moment? Yeah, you can see Mars. Um, and Mars, is, the, the, it's not unusual to be able to see the planets. You're just hoping that, see, the planets... The stars are very um, predictable in their movements. Um, they, you know, that they, if the, if a star is in a, a certain position on the night sky, then you know that um, six months later it will be it will be um, 180 degrees around from where it was. But the planets aren't quite that predictable. Um, they're a bit more complex. That's where they got the name from. They're called wanderers. That's what planet um, translates to. But um, they all follow the ecliptic line. It's just that if you go out at midnight to look at a planet, then going out at midnight the, the next night, it might not have just moved on the predictable amount that all the stars would have. Um, so it takes a little more, you know, predicting if you were doing it with a pen and paper. But they're all there. They're all um, they're all fairly easy to see. Mercury and Venus, as I said, tend to stay close to the sun, so they're harder to see. You need um, you need to time that right. But um, Mars, Jupiter and Saturn are, um, you know, very regularly easy to see um, and are, are wonderful. Mars is is red and it's the, it's um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a bright planet. Venus, if you do see it, has phases, which is nice to see. Um, and then um, you don't need much magnification to see the rings around Saturn. So that's nice for that one to see as well. Join us next time for more Formby Skies at Night. Thanks for listening. See you next time.